Good morning. If you'll please turn in your Bibles to today's scripture, Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings, Salah. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Prolong the life of the king. May his years endure to all generations. May he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. So will I ever sing praises to your name as I perform my vows day after day. This is the word of the Lord. Psalm 61. Chur 你要加添王的寿数，他的年岁必存到世世，他必永远坐在神的面前。愿你预备慈爱和诚实保佑他，这样我要歌颂你的名，直到永远，好天天还我所许的愿。this morning's ser uh, sermon will be in Chinese, and you will see the subtitles in the back. No, I I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I would like to start with a story this morning. The story of Mike the mechanic in the spare tire. In the summer of 2012, the Wu family took a, trip, a road trip to Canada. Not just the four of us. It was a whole gang. My brother rented a 15-passenger van took my parents, my sister's family, along with his family, met us in Niagara Falls on the stateside. After we spent a couple of days at Niagara Falls, all 13 of us got into the van and drove across the border towards Toronto. Now, as with any vacation, we had some good times and some uh, not so good times, <laughs> and always seems too short. As we were driving back to Niagara Falls, the van started to shake, and we heard a loud pop. Now, we were on the left lane, and we couldn't really coast to the right side, so we coasted to the left shoulder and stopped. As we got out of the car, we realized that the driver's side rear tire had a blowout, which was good because we were closer to the guardrail. And since I'm an auto mechanic, changing a spare tire is really not a big deal. So I proceeded to take this floor jack out of the van. But when I saw this tiny little scissor jack with a footprint of maybe three inch by six inch, <laughs> doubt started to stand in my heart. 
You see, I cannot ask everybody to get out of the van because we're on the side of a busy highway. And I'm not really sure whether this, this small scissor jack would be able to hold up this fully loaded van. There were 11 in the car and four luggages. And every time a car would drive by, the van would kind of sway and shake. So I'm not really sure whether while we're, I would jack in the car, uh, the van would, when a car drive by, would it sway and fall off the jack? And I, I, can't, I cannot know that whether people that's driving by would see us and not just run into us, ram us in the back. But it is okay. I got this. I'm a professional. <laughs> After I put on the spare, the family was cheering as I got into the van. Now my parents were saying that I was the greatest. Like I just rebuilt this engine on the side of the road in five minutes. <laughs> no doubt my kids were proud of me. They even made a song for me. My daddy is a car fixer, a car fixer, a car fixer. <laughs> now, I was full of myself. I was about to rip over my shirt and show them the S on my, on my chest. So I had to go to the voice on my reasons, my wife, Julia. I asked her if she was scared while I was changing the tire. She said she was scared at first, but that, and that everyone in the van was scared as well. So she decided to go to the prayer with everyone. And after they prayed, they just felt this unspeakable peace. Even when the van would shake when cars drove by. Now, I know this adventure this Canadian adventure of the wolves in 2012 pales in comparison to what King David was going through in Psalm 61. But the small similarities are both started in despair and ended with joy. Should we go to the Lord in prayer before we start? Father, we thank you. We thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for the privilege and opportunity that we can gather together to study your world, word. Father, be with us as we dive into Psalm 61. Let us know how you can turn sorrow into joy. Let us turn our eyes upon you and rely on you. It is in your name I pray. Amen. In Psalm 61, there are four points I would like, to, like, like us to see. First thing is I would like to see that we have to go to him in prayer. The second thing is that we need to remember his faithfulness. The third thing is that we need to trust in his promises. And it is then, the fourth thing, that we can sing to him a song of joy. We need to go to him in prayer, verses 1 and 2. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Psalm 61 started with a prayer. 
Now, King David cried out to God not because he needed to resue his horse. He cried out to God because his enemy is after him and wants to kill him. And that's not the first time he's hiding from his enemies. Saul tried to kill him to preserve his kingdom. But this time, it's different. The person who wants to kill him this time, it's his own son, his own flesh and blood. He is praying for protection. He's praying for the rock that is higher than him. I think oftentimes we don't go to God was because of our own self-pride. God, it's just a spare tire. I got this. I'm a professional. Not King David. He knew who his protector is. Now, in a way, David was like a rock. As a young shepherd, he killed lions and bears. As a young man, he killed a giant named Goliath. As a king, he conquered the nations around him. But unlike the know-it-all mechanic named Mike, David knew he did all those, not by his might, but that it was God that delivered him. So at the time of despair, when he felt like he is at the end of the earth, and when his heart is faint, and he just couldn't, could not muster any strength to go on anymore, he cried out to God. Now, Apostle Peter said this very short prayer as he was sinking into the Sea of Galilee. He was walking on water a little earlier, but when he saw the high wind and the raging sea, he got scared and started to sink. He said this short little prayer, three words, four letters, Lord, save me. Christ Jesus reached out and held him. Now, according to Matthew, the wind did not die down until they got into the boat. Now, picture this, if you would. It's dark. The wind is blowing. The sea raging. And you see Peter leaning against Christ Jesus. The two are there walking on water together toward the boat. Christ Jesus was leading him to safety. Now could Jesus just place Peter immediately in the boat after he grabbed a hold of him? Sure he can. Or could Jesus just calm the storm first and have Peter swim to the boat? I'm sure that's not too much of a problem. But why did Jesus have Peter leaning against him, walking him into safety? A lot of times, we, want to, we just want the end result. We just want our problems to go away so we can get on with our lives. As if life is like navigating a boat in the water. There will be times we get stuck on reefs due to shallow water. 
we often pray for God to remove the reef so we can keep going. That is until we hear another reef. Then we do this all over again. It is through trial and tribulation God is raising the water level in our lives. The reefs are still there, but it will not stop us from navigating. Apostle Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1, 6 and 7. It says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Christ Jesus. Dear beloved brothers and sisters, it is through trial and difficulties we learn to lean on Christ Jesus. There is nothing too big that he cannot handle. And there's nothing too small he does not want to hear about. Apostle Peter tells us to cast our anxiety on Christ Jesus because he cares for us. When we go to him in prayer, when we seek his face, when we spend time with him, our focus will shift toward him. We will remember his faithfulness. Point number two. In verse three and four. For, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. When David started to look up instead of what's around him, his perspective changed. He remembered how God has protected him in the past. I'm thinking he was remembering the time when he was running from Saul. He wrote in Psalm 57, Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. For in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. How do we build our faith? There are sayings like, seeing is believing, a picture is worth a thousand words. Does the name Thomas ring a bell? Unless I see in his hand the marks of the nail and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hands into his side, I will never believe. We all know our faith is not by sight only. We cannot always believe in what we see. When we turn on the TV today, or look at any social media, we'll see that this COVID thing will just not go away. Do we mask or not mask? Is it safe to gather or is it safe to, to stay away? And let's not forget about the social unrest. Are they protesting 
but rioting. Is this the summer of love or summer of destruction? What should we believe? Whom should we believe? Go back with me to the story of Jesus walking on water. When he sent the disciples out to the sea, he had just fed 8,000 to 10,000 people out of the box of little boy, five loaves and two fish. Now the disciples were going along until the, until the storm come, the wind blowing, the sea raging. And then they saw Jesus walking on, on the raging sea in the storm. The scripture recorded that they were screaming in fear because they thought he was a ghost. Dear brothers and sisters, seeing is not always believing. As I said earlier, God will use trials and difficulties to strengthen our faith. In the book of James, James told us to count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, and that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, although past experiences will strengthen our faith, oftentimes that's not the case. Take the Israelites, for example. They were living in the land of bondage in Egypt. They cried out to God. So God raised Moses to deliver them from bondage. When Moses went to, the, went to Pharaoh and told him that the Lord, the God of Israel, said, let my people go. Did Pharaoh say, oh, okay. No. Pharaoh would not let the Israelites leave Egypt. So God sent ten plagues. And after the tenth plague, the Israelites marched out of Egypt. But soon after that, Pharaoh changed his mind. He went after the Israelites. When the Israelites came to the shore of the Red Sea, they saw this vast water that they cannot cross. And they heard the Egyptian army coming up from behind them. They were scared. Oh, sure, they did not forget that it was God who delivered them from Egypt. But this time, it's different. They say to Moses, Is it because there's no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? So God parted the Red Sea so that they can cross on dry land. After they got to the other side, more difficulties. This time it's yet different because we have no food. We're going to starve to death. So God gave them manna to eat. Yet a little while later, it's something different again. 
we are going to die of thirst. So God told Moses to strike the rock, and water flow from the rock. Now you see, the, their faith didn't, did not seem to grow even when they're about to go into the promised land, the land of milk and honey. Moses sent out 12 spies to survey the land when they came back. Ten of the 12 spies said that there are big guys there. Yes, it is the land of milk and honey, but there are big guys there. They were saying, well, yeah, we knew that God helped us defeat the Amalek, but this time it's different. These guys are huge. They got muscles on top of muscles. Sometimes we are like the Israelites. Our faith did not seem to grow with our past experiences. God, I know it was not just a small scissor jack that held up that loaded van on the side of that Canadian highway eight years ago. But this time, it's different. This time is the worldwide pandemic called COVID. This time, it's the social unrest in America. If we would go back to the miracle of Jesus walking on water once again, you would see that it was Jesus who sent the apostles out to sea. Now, at least four of the 12 were fishermen. They knew the water. They were professionals. But when the storm came, none of them can do anything. So, dear beloved brothers and sisters, past experiences alone will not strengthen our faith. It is recorded that when Jesus got into the boat, the storm ceased. He is the only constant during the storm. Christ Jesus told us, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Trials and difficulties bring pain and suffering. He wants us to go to him. He wants us to lean on him. For if we go through trials without experiencing Christ, these trials are in vain. Because our faith can only grow if we experience his presence. Not just, not just during trials, but in everything we do. Do we believe that he is the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow? And that he is forever faithful? And that he is always with us no matter what we're going through? Our faith is in him and him alone. Now, on the, one of the attributes that make God faithful is that he keeps his promises. My third point, trust in his promises, verse 5 through 7. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Prolong the life of the king. May his years endure to all generations. May he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness 
to watch over him. God is a promise-making and promise-keeping God. He's made a covenant with Abraham. God called Abraham to leave his country and his people to go to the land that God will show him. And God will make Abraham into a great nation. 24 years later, God told Abraham that God will make Abraham the father of multitude of nations. God also told Abraham that his wife Sarah shall bear a son. His name shall be Isaac. And that God will establish his covenant with Isaac as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. Now the Chinese congregation is studying the book of Genesis on Friday nights. Our conclusion after our study of Genesis chapter 22 is that Abraham trusted God so much that even had he killed Isaac as an offering, that somehow, just somehow, God will make it right. In Psalm 61, verses 5 through 7, David is probably recalling the event in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 1 through 17, which recorded that David wanted to build a building, a house for God. Through prophet Nathan, God told David in 2 Samuel 7, verses 11 through 13, he says, I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. When David looked up, instead of what's around him. Not only did he remember God's faithfulness, he also recalled God's promises. And he trusts that his God will deliver him and protect him from the difficult situation that he's in. Today, God has made a covenant with us through the offspring of Abraham and Isaac through the offspring of David. God made a covenant with us, which is whoever believes in the Son of God, Christ Jesus, shall not perish but have eternal life. And that whomever receive him and believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Apostle Peter says it this way in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Christ Jesus came down from heaven to dwell among us, to walk with us. He told us, that he is with us till the end 
of the age. Dear beloved brothers and sisters, do we trust in his promise? Are we looking at the chaos that's around us, or are we looking up at him who is our rock, our fortress, and find refuge in him? It is then we can sing him a new song of joy. Point number four, verse eight. So will I ever sing praises to your name as I perform my vows day after day. In the book of Habakkuk, the prophet Habakkuk was saddened by the situation in the land of Judah. So he went to God. He asked God, why? God's answer was that he will send judgment to the land of Judah. Through the hands of Babylonian? Habakkuk complained to God, why doesn't he just restore the nation, but rather send the wicked to rule over God's people? Why is God allowing God's people to go through pain and affliction? It is then God showed Habakkuk that judgment will come to the wicked. That even though what's going to happen does not make sense, he is in control. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. Upon knowing that, God is faithful. That although nothing has happened yet, God's promise will be fulfilled. Prophet Habakkuk sang a song of praise to God. Now he was scared. He was trembling. Because the Babylonians are mean. But he's not seeing what the judgment to come. He's fixing his eye on the promise of deliverance that's going to come after that. In Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 16 through 19, he says, I hear and my body trembles, my lips quiver and the sound, rottenness into, enter into my bones, my legs tremble beneath me, yet I quietly wait for the day of trouble to come upon people who invade us. Though the fig tree shall not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the foe, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Prophet Habakkuk is seeing the promise of deliverance that is yet to come. It is because he saw that he sent a song of praise to God. In Psalm 61, we saw that David was in a deep state of sorrow. His son Absalom 
his own flesh and blood, wants to kill him and to take away his kingdom. He was hiding in places far, far away from God. But through prayer, he remembered God's faithfulness, and he trusted in God's promise, and he found peace and joy so that he can sing praises to God every day. We are under a lot of stress and sorrows. It seems that there's not a day of rest this year, and it's only halfway through. There were almost 3.3 million confirmed COVID cases and 173,000 deaths in U.S. as of yesterday. And are we ever going to see each other as creation in God's own image, not through the color of our skin or through our facial features? Our nation is, um, is in turmoil. The future may seem dark and bleak. Where do we find the answer to all this? Who do we turn to? Vaccines may bring hope. Political reform is good. Ending racism is right. But those things can never bring lasting deep joy. Christ Jesus said to us, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Dear brothers and sisters, if we look up instead of looking around, if we go to him, we will remember that he is ever faithful, that he is a promise-keeping God, that he sits enthroned over the flood, and he is king forever, and that our hope is in him and him alone. And we too can sing a song of joy because we can through all things through Christ who strengthens us. For those of you who's here today, or maybe you're watching at home, who has not yet put your faith and your trust in Christ Jesus, he wants you to go to him. He wants you to lean on him. He can be your rock, your fortress, your refuge, and much more. We would love to talk to you, to let you know how you can seek shelter under his wings. And to my beloved brothers and sisters, although this world may not make any sense, although every time we look around, it seems that we're in turmoil, look like there's no end, just remember, we are standing on this firm foundation that is called Christ Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we thank you.
We thank you that even though this world is full of tribulation, even though this world is, seems so dark and bleak, our hope is in you and you alone. Christ Jesus, we thank you that you came down from heaven to dwell among us, to walk with us so we can follow your footsteps, so we can look to you and not what's around us. Please strengthen us in the day, of, in, in the day that's full of turmoil. Please strengthen us and let us see that you are forever faithful, that you will keep your promise and we can trust in your promise. And let us sing to you regardless of situation because you are a great, great God. It is in your name we pray. Amen.